thanks for joining me. This episode is being recorded on April 20th. Um, Welcome to Taurus season. We're going to be talking about a little bit about Taurus season um, and mostly about the new moon in Taurus that we have coming up on the um, 22nd, 23rd, depending on where you live. Where I live in Tennessee, um, this will be happening at 11 p.m. on April 22nd. So, Taurus season, um, Taurus is ruled by Venus, and it is um, Earth. It is interested in um, attracting and enjoying sensual things, um, very interested in receiving pleasure, I always kind of associate Taurus with Ferdinand the bull. If you know that story, um, you would think that a bull would be um, very like aggressive and active, but Ferdinand is just really content to kind of hang out and enjoy the flowers and the sun. Um, and that is very much Taurus. So if you um, have already listened to the discussion we've been having about Venus and Venus retrograde, and especially if you are um, a member of my Patreon, this all ties in nicely to the stuff that we've been discussing already related to Venus as um, she is the ruler of Taurus. So um, this is an interesting time because I feel like in some ways now that we are in Taurus season, this could help um, alleviate a little bit of our restlessness or at least sort of settle into this new normal um, that we've all had to experience with being um, in quarantine, being unable to go out, being unable to be very social. Um, Taurus moves pretty slow and is always happy to um, nap and snack. And we've already been doing that at home, uh, but all of this started happening, uh, at least as far as quarantine goes, with um, Aries season. And Aries is extremely active and wants to go, 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 ruled by Mars. So um, this might help us sort of accept our fate currently and settle into that quarantine life of um comfy clothes and snacks and just really not doing a whole lot. (laughs) Where I am, we are still under lockdown for two more weeks unless something changes. Um, And I personally do feel like I'm starting to get used to it. Not that I particularly want to, um, but it's becoming less and less of a struggle as time goes on and we all sort of develop um, our new routines. So um, this new moon coming up in Taurus is, I'm not going to lie, it's a rough one. Um, But given that this whole year has already been pretty rough, um, that shouldn't come as a surprise. But it is, it does have some really difficult aspects with other things that are going on. So while Taurus season overall might help us um, accept that we need to just stay home and and essentially do nothing um, or do very little, 
outside the home at least. Um, this moon has a lot of squares to um, Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn, which are all in, well, Saturn's in Aquarius, but um, Pluto and Jupiter are still in Capricorn. So we're having this, um, a squaring with these planets that still feels uh, limiting and um, restrictive in a lot of ways, which is, of course, very much Saturn-related. But um, in the chart that I drew up for this new moon based on um, the time that it's occurring where I live, which is 11 p.m. Um, Eastern Time, the stellium of um, Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn is in the second house of the chart, which is... Um, resources, money, possessions, um, how we earn money, how we spend money, things like that. And then the square with the sun, moon, and Uranus in Taurus is in the fifth house, and that is um, affectionately referred to as the fun house. It's the house of the inner child, um, the house of flirtation and creative expression, um, and a lot of the ways that we find pleasure fall into the fifth house. So we're having this struggle between our resources and needing to be responsible and, of course, um, wanting to just have fun, which is pretty difficult right now and, frankly, um, strongly suggested against um, unless you're home, you know, with the people that you live with. Um, so... There's already that tension there, but especially this will be kind of a theme with this new moon, unfortunately, uh, until we have the full moon in Scorpio on May 7th. So, and then a few days after this new moon, um, we do have Pluto stationing retrograde in Capricorn. And then... Um, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So I'm going to talk about the aspects a little bit. So we have um, in the chart for the new moon, we also have Venus squaring Neptune. Um, Neptune in Pisces and Venus in Gemini. Um, and this is, with this chart specifically, third and seventh house. So Neptune in the third house and Venus in the seventh um, Venus can be ideal in the seventh in the sense that Venus likes love and the seventh is partnership um, and in some cases marriage, but having a square to Neptune is difficult because Neptune clouds our judgment um, and makes things very idealized and um, is definitely strongly prone to escapism. So when Venus is squaring Neptune, there's a feeling of defensiveness whenever we're met with reality, um, whenever people might critique us or sort of just um, call us back to what's really happening, if that um, in any way butts heads with the current fantasy that we are enjoying. Um, so there's definitely some defensiveness there. Um, there can be issues caused by um, romantic projection or just projection in general. Um, 
so the idea that we might have about something or someone is not actually um, you know grounded in reality and then um, when we have to meet that reality we're not usually very happy about it um, and this aspect can't really handle frustration um, or confrontation with reality reality or criticism so um, it's not recommended to try to compete with anyone during this time. Um, if something upsets you, it could frankly be that um, the other person is right. <laughs> and um, Neptune just really makes things hard to see. So with Venus, we already have, um, you know, Venus and Neptune, there's this theme of like, um, a honeymoon phase. Uh, it definitely would not be advised to start a relationship right now. I don't really know how people could anyway, because you're not supposed to see people. Um, but I kind of would associate this aspect with the ways that people might be developing, um, like, online relationships, especially, it's funny, my husband and I talked about that um, this morning, I forget why it came up, but the, the way that people build, um, romantic fantasies online through apps where it's just a bunch of talking, um, which is very Neptune in Pisces in the third house. You have this, um, very idealized and out of touch, um, planet in, the house of communication. So, um, you know, in the ways that if you've ever had this experience, which I feel like most people have, um, whether it be romantic or just any kind of relationship, friendship, etc., um, you talk to someone online and because that's such a limited form of communication and it can be very scripted, um, and very polished, uh, there is this idea that you sort of develop around someone through talking to them um, in this way. And then when it comes time to actually spend time with them face to face, you realize all the things that you missed, um, all the little red flags or disappointments or just things that don't really jive with you because the reality is different than the projection. And that is very much Venus uh, square Neptune. So there might be a feeling of not wanting to confront reality, and that may or may not involve other people. I imagine with Venus in the seventh that it would very much involve other people. Um, so if somebody rubs you the wrong way, this could either be a case of um, you misjudge them or um, that you know they're just offering a perspective up to you that is true that you don't want to deal with right now. But either way, um, being vindictive and being competitive within that context is definitely not recommended. Um, so if that's something that comes up for you, try your best to take the high road. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, don't make any like long-term emotional commitments right now because what you're seeing might not be what you would actually be getting. Um, and there's also this feeling of maybe not wanting to pay for what you've purchased. Um, there's a feeling related to 
um, again, that, that tying into reality of like, oh, this, um, you know, I wanted this, but now it's not as great as I thought, which could also just quite simply be um, realizing how much money you spent online shopping <laughs> when the bill comes in. Uh, yeah. So next up we have Mars square Uranus. Now Mars is the planet that governs our action and motivation. Um, he's competitive. He's quick. He's very physical. And then Uranus is this um, archetype of liberty. And um, he can definitely be reckless. Now, he's been transiting Taurus for a couple years now and will be there for another few years. Um, so having Mars square Uranus, um, <clears throat> a square is a point of pressure. Um, it's not the same as an opposition because an opposition is asking to find balance. And a square does in certain ways, but it's also just kind of, um, it feels like, um, like a pressure and it's, uh, can feel more combative in some ways. So this particular square is all about, um, developing discipline and self-control and not being so impulsive because Uranus wants to do whatever it wants to do. It doesn't really care. It's like, let the chips fall where they may. Um, and then having Mars, in Aquarius, um, it's several degrees away from Saturn, but it is in the sign of Saturn. So there's an added um, feeling of like limitation here. So we can't just go do what we want to do. We can't um, act recklessly, things like that. Um, this is also uh, an aspect that makes it take longer to reach your goals. Um, there might be, there's definitely a feeling of impatience with this aspect, but the key is just like moderation and acceptance and trying to develop um, a healthy amount of caution and foresight and not just running out and um, trying to tackle everything all at once. And then we have the sun and moon, of course, are conjunct as is always the case with new moons, um, and this is squaring Pluto. So Pluto has to do with power, and it can be um, the abuse of power and also how we find our own power. Um, and that, you know, that whole dynamic of um, being, the, the spectrum of power ranging from being like a manipulative and abusive person to being too submissive and putting yourself in a position where people can treat you that way. Um, so the sun is our awareness um, and then the moon is our sort of um, emotive state, um, our parts, the moon definitely rules parts of our shadow and intuition. Um, and so I just, in the simplest terms, the sun is the out, the outward you and the moon is the inner you. So the sun is kind of projective with the personality and the moon is more receptive and internal. Um, so when these two planets are squaring Pluto, which has to do with power, there can be this feeling of, um, an incredibly, strong will to the point of being self-destructive, trying to impose your will on other people. Um, 
<clears throat> to the point where it ruins your relationships, um, it ruins aspects of your life, and those things might um, be coming up, or just generally not getting to do what you want, which is essentially more of the same of 2020. Um, but with this new moon in particular, it's like an acceptance of not being in complete control. Um, and so moderation is definitely the key with a lot of these aspects. There's also with the sun and moon square Pluto, a feeling of like having a chip on your shoulder. Um, sometimes people who have this in their natal chart, um, Pluto oppositions can be really difficult because it, it is a power struggle um, within the chart and within the person's life. Um, so you really have to check your ego here and just understand that you can't always get what you want. Um, there's a feeling of like being defensive and demanding, especially um, emotionally because the moon is involved here. So wanting more um, than what is fair from others potentially um, or just being generally like emotionally explosive or manipulative in some ways. Um, so learning, learning how to compromise here is definitely the key, Com whether it be compromising with other people or just compromising with the reality of the situation that you're in right now and understanding that, you know, you can't be in control and you can't get your way all the time. <laughs> that's just life. And that's especially, um, life in 2020. So, um, there's also a caution here with the moon in opposition to Pluto um, of you have to be careful with engaging with anything occult with this new moon. Um, and it's basically just because there, there could be a tendency to misuse the information or to not... Um, fully understand information that you glean from that experience. Um, if somebody is approaching, let's say, um, you know, a ritual, like a new moon ritual, and you're asking for something, um, with this aspect, it makes it harder to keep, keep things in perspective. Um, and I imagine because it is Pluto, there might even be this feeling of like self-aggrandizement, like, oh, look how powerful I am. Um, so I know some people like to do new moon rituals and the new moon generally isn't um, a time of like heightened power because, you know, the, the moon is quote unquote dark during the new moon because it's conjunct with the sun. So that part of ourselves is taken over um, by the sun. So our intuition might not be as heightened. Um, and thus, especially with this aspect with Pluto, it's just perhaps not the best time to try to tap into those things. Um, so yeah, just a word of caution there for, for anybody who, um, does partake in those things. Just understand that your, your perspective might be off. Um, when it comes to doing anything like that. Um, and I have, this is just like a little sidebar, but I have still been seeing a lot of people online um, 
kind of peddling these like prosperity burns and um, you know ritual services for prosperity and um, I feel like those types of practitioners probably don't understand astrology at all because that definitely made more sense when Jupiter was in Sagittarius last year but with all the stuff that's going on now it's like this prosperity certainly uh, within the context of just money and capital is not the name of the game this year and especially with Jupiter and Capricorn um, Jupiter does have to do with prosperity and in some cases money and asking Jupiter in Capricorn for money and prosperity is like asking your um, super tightwad dad for 20 bucks like it's just not happening um, so don't buy into that um, if you're seeing that it's just it ain't gonna happen I don't care how somebody spins it I don't care um, you know how it sounds and what it looks like on the internet it's not gonna happen um, Jupiter and Capricorn I did a whole episode about that but Jupiter and Capricorn um, your your prosperity is very 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 much has to be earned right now um, so yeah don't waste your money <laughs> um, okay so then we have Jupiter square Uranus um, as I said before Jupiter rules expansion um, prosperity generosity things like that um, and Uranus is that very much um, kind of egotistical, um, liberty-motivated type of planet. I like Uranus, but he's difficult sometimes. <laughs> so um, this is another aspect that's going to probably place some limits on um, expansion for sure. And it's another aspect that's going to um, make reaching your goals take longer or feel more difficult um, so you really have to if you're feeling that this is a time to like work on developing a more realistic more disciplined way to get where you want to go and just understanding that good things take time so especially with Jupiter and Capricorn, this is like foundation, like you need to take your time to build a solid foundation for your goals versus just trying to charge through them um, because that leads to cutting corners and not appreciating the, um, the things that really need to be nailed down for success to be lasting because Uranus can definitely be impulsive. Um, so any success that's going to come right now is going to be slow going and disciplined um, and carefully measured out. It's n not going to be instantaneous at all. Um, and there's a word of caution here too with like people who are trying to um, expand currently especially with relation to like their business or their reputation um, Capricorn traditionally rules the midheaven so this is not just our career but also um, our public persona and reputation in a lot of ways and so if um, if it becomes clear 
to your clients or your following or whatever you want to call it, that your motivation is um, strictly selfish and for the purpose of like recognition and fame and self-aggrandizement, then um, that's not going to go well. <laughs> and if you're not generous in um, including other people in your success um, and sharing the benefits of your success, then there's likely going to be um, a harsh reversal of whatever success you've managed to find if it's coming from a place of purely um, selfish intention. Um, if you're not actually helping people, if you're not actually helping the community and you're just in it to win it for yourself alone, um, it's, it's not going to go well. Um, so if you're somebody who's currently sort of working on your business um, or taking a new business venture, then just keep that in mind. Um, try to stay humble and remember that um, success doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's only built on connections and support of other people who are your clients and your friends um, and people within your community. So it's not all about you. <laughs> um, and, and two, there can be a feeling with Jupiter square Uranus of like people who want to start at the top and people who don't want to pay their dues um, and think that they already know everything. Um, there can be an air of like pretension here. Um, and so the better route there is definitely to learn to um, defer to people who might be more experienced, more level-headed, less impulsive, more humble. Defer to people who um, have gotten where they are honorably and who um, are still very much grounded and down to earth. Um, I think that, you know, clout chasing, as the kids say, is definitely not going to be rewarded right now. So, or, I mean, it shouldn't be ever, but like, especially not right now. So again, if you're working on a new project or expanding your business in some way, um, just keep that in mind. Keep it humble. Um, okay. And then we have Uranus square Pluto. So this is, I was reading up on this, um, this book called Planets in Aspect by Robert Pelletier, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, and it was so funny because it's just so on the nose, which again is just like astrology in general. But um, Uranus square Pluto is all about expecting other people to do the work of preserving your liberties, but not doing it yourself. So this aspect wants to put the responsibility on others without actually taking action and doing um, and playing your part in it. You just assume that people, you know, somebody else will take care of it. Well, so he says um, in the book that um, a prime case of this is people who don't vote but want to bitch about the government all the time. Um, <laughs> And I try not to get very political, but um, yeah, some people, especially lately as things have progressed and changed, are very much indignant on, well, because I don't 100% love this person, I'm not voting. Okay, well, not voting is a vote for the other person. Like, you know, just common sense. So if we want things to get better, 
we have to take an active role. We can't just sit on our hands and whine and complain and do nothing and then wonder why nothing changes. <laughs> um, but this could also relate to people who don't want to stay home. They don't want to wear masks. They don't want to play their part. Um, and the experts keep warning with the, with the coronavirus, if we don't stay home now, we're going to have to stay home longer. So this is definitely about accepting personal responsibility um, and doing the things we need to do to keep ourselves free. And sometimes it means that you have to make sacrifices and not do everything you want so that later on everyone can do what they want. Um, one other interesting note with this, historically speaking, um, with Uranus square Pluto. So this happened in, from 1931 to 1934. Now, um, because Pluto and Uranus are both slower moving planets, this will be a lasting square for a while. Um, so it's just something that's going to be, we're going to be dealing with, um, for a few years, but, uh, 1931 to 1934, this is the time when people were so, um, clearly for good reason, preoccupied with the great depression, with just surviving, finding food, finding work, trying to provide for their families. And of course people were super desperate. Um, and everything was very chaotic. There's actually a lot of overlapping astrology and aspects and transits that keep lining up from um, the Great Depression era and now. So that's just something to be aware of. Um, history can repeat itself if we're not smart enough to um, notice. You know, humans have evolved so well and survived so well because we're good at recognizing patterns so with this, um, while people were um, understandably more focused on just trying to um, find solutions to these huge problems during the Great Depression, that's when Hitler made his move and um, started to get in a position of power because he made all these promises of controlling the chaos, um, which he unfortunately did, <laughs> um, you know. Um, so th there's this um, feeling and this cautionary um, tendency to be willing to um, relinquish certain liberties for the feeling of safety and control. Um, so that's just something to really be cautious about right now. Um, and this has kind of been playing out. I mean, we see like authoritarian leadership rising in several countries right now. And some people are like, oh my God, you know, why would people do that? And it's like, well, if your country and your life and your culture has been nothing but chaos for the longest time, somebody coming in and promising control um, might sound really good psychologically. And that's how people like that rise to power is when other people feel disenfranchised and out of, um, out of their own power. So just something to keep in mind there. Um, and then I did want to read because this new moon is at three degrees Taurus. And I have this lovely book, um, by Elias Longsdale, um, called Inside Degrees, and he breaks down, I think this was basically written um, intuitively, um, and he breaks down each degree of the zodiac 
and each degree has its own little like description and little snippet. Um, so I just wanted to read what he wrote for three degrees Taurus. <clears throat> okay, it's called A Sleepwalker. Everything begins with an inward cast, and then if you wish to get anywhere, you must go there on the inside and meet yourself there when you arrive. You feel a desire to memorize the territory of all the inner ways, to remember them, to recognize them, and to be able to follow them when it counts. You feel like you've been taught in the dream state, shown everything in dreamless sleep and through dreams. You're subtly and per pervasively closely accompanied by a protective guiding spirit. Held within the soul's umbilic, entrusted to the angels, living in threshold sensitivity, attuned to the edge. Led by the spirit through darkness into light, subliminal, enchanted, anxious, and at peace. Always searching for something more, remembering in your soul the lost earth ways and giving over to spirits. You belong to the infinite and wander through the finite worlds. You are like a stranger, knowing something else is at stake here. Something else is going on here. Something else is completely involved. Mm. So that's kind of vague and interesting, um, but it's a wonderful book, and it just sort of adds a poetic interpretation of um, the degrees. So I just wanted to read that little snippet. Um, and then last order of business, um, I did put out a little thing on Instagram about... Um, asking me anything <laughs> for the podcast. So one person asked about the influence of Saturn, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and do a whole separate episode for the planet of Saturn because he's really important, um, and I can't answer that in a short way um, and do it justice. But the, <laughs> the short answer until I do the Saturn episode is Saturn is about responsibility and um the ways that understanding limitation then gives meaning. If something is unlimited and infinite, it doesn't, it's not precious. It's not limited. Um, it's something that's always available. So it, it lacks um, meaning. And so Saturn teaches us through limitation um, what is meaningful to us. And also um, Saturn's all about dignity. So especially with themes like um, Saturn return and certain Saturn transits. It's all about hard lessons that restore your dignity and restore your inner strength through overcoming them. Um, so that's my very short Saturn answer, but I will just give him a whole episode to himself soon. Okay. Um, and someone asked, about what should Taurus ascendants be focusing on this year. Um, so I, I sort of briefly mentioned the Uranus and Taurus transit. I imagine that's very difficult on the ascendant if that is um, happening in your rising sign as a Taurus rising. There's going to be long-term restructuring and sort of um, a restlessness around how you want to define yourself and define um, your persona. And I don't mean that in a fake way. I just mean like, you know, the ascendant is 
does have to do with our persona. So there's probably just a restlessness around that, and it's okay if you can't settle on anything right now. Um, I think you can look at it as an invitation to play around with how you present yourself um, and find what feels best for you. Um, and then also with that transit, because the ascendant is the physical body, having Uranus in the ascendant um, can bring a lot of anxiety, um, potentially some autoimmune stuff or just some weird um, nervous system flares or um, Uranus is very electric and chaotic. And so having that feeling inside the body can just be um, lots of anxiety and energy spikes, um, you know, feeling on top of the world one day and then being completely exhausted the next day. And so it's going to probably be a struggle to find um, stability within your body. Um, so trying to, as much as you can, build a structure of self-care and, and healthy routine is good. Um, Taurus doesn't like change, so having this Uranus transit, especially in the Ascendant, is that's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Um, so just try to ride the wave and, and hold on to what you can for the sake of routine and structure and doing things that Taurus likes to do. But also give yourself room to kind of play around with... Um, with your persona. Um, and then the other thing that I thought of off the top of my head for Taurus Rising, so we are going to have um, Mars in Aries for the basically the whole second half of the year, which would be um, Taurus Rising's 12th house and Mars in the 12th house can bring weird shit. Um, it can bring, um, especially aggressive, like the 12th house is like hidden enemies in some cases. So you might get some haters, <laughs> which sucks. Um, but you just have to like try to deal with it in the classiest way possible. Um, and then sometimes two weird 12th house Mars transits um, can bring like accidents. Um, so you might feel more clumsy or you might like cut yourself in some way. Um, that's just a thing that can happen. So um, yeah. <laughs> and with this new moon as a Taurus ascendant, um, use it to think about like what what you want, you know, what do you want to do with this time? Um, how can this time serve you in, in some way? So there's that. And then the last question I got was, um, what's the biggest life lesson I've learned? Um, don't ever, ever, ever go against your intuition. Now, I know that some people, especially people with, like, anxiety, have trouble distinguishing their, their intuition from their anxiety. Um, so that might seem like a weird thing to say to people who don't, haven't really developed a good intuition. And the way to, that I describe it is, like, your anxiety feels like it's in your head or your upper chest, and it feels nervous. Um, and kind of out of your control, whereas intuition feels very much in the body, in the gut. It's like, it's a feeling. Um, 
that doesn't have words. It's like you just know. It's very visceral and very in the body. And it's also very um, sure. Like sometimes you just fucking know. And you don't, you can't say why and you can't point to something and say, this is how I know this, but it's there. Um, I'm definitely one of those people to the point where it annoys me because (laughs) sometimes I don't want to (laughs) know. But I do. My body's like, guess what, bitch? You know, and you can't unknow it now. So, um, yeah, if you, you know, whatever happens in your life, if you intuitively feel something, listen to that feeling. Trust that feeling. It will never steer you wrong. All the times in my early 20s, I sometimes very foolishly went against my intuition. No, this person's probably fine. Oh, I'm just being, you know, when we start to second guess ourselves when it comes to intuition, that can be a very bad thing. Um, because your body is trying to tell you something that it knows. And so not honoring that is a rejection of the body and ultimately a rejection of, um, I think a very, visceral physical wisdom that we have that we've lost touch with so even if it's something that that on the outside feels illogical and crazy and weird and people would look at you sideways if you told them why you know you made this decision trust it trust that intuition I'm to the point now where if I have a gut feeling about you know don't go to the grocery store today. I'm not fucking going to the grocery store. I don't even need to know why. It's just like something's going to happen. Nope. Don't need to do that. So that's definitely my biggest lesson is just honoring your intuition, even if it makes you look weird or crazy because your intuition is for you. Um, and it's there for a reason. So, um, yeah, I think that's everything for this particular episode. Um, I'm going to be posting some more stuff on my Patreon related to our um, Venus retrograde work. Um, So if you want to find me there, uh, currently it's available to all tiers and the cheapest one is five bucks because I want to keep it very accessible, especially given the state of employment right now. Um, But that's just more personalized stuff. We'll be talking about um, Venus aspects So uh, I initially posted about Venus through the houses and Venus through the signs of the natal chart. Um, So once you get a good grip on that, then we're going to start talking about later this week, um, Venus aspects to other planets and what that means for your natal Venus. Um, And the more that you can understand your natal Venus, the better you can sort of prepare for the Venus retrograde. Um, So that'll be going up on Patreon. And yeah, I'm enjoying this. It's certainly keeping me busy. I'm so happy that people want to learn this stuff um, because I've been talking about it for years and it's finally um, sort of coming back into recognition um, as a practice that is just really helpful. So um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to those people who've joined Patreon. That means the world to me. Um, And I'm super excited to do more stuff there. So Um, Thank you guys so much, and I will be back with more soon. (laughs) Just hang in there. All right, bye.